Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Eric, the developer behind the upcoming title known as Lucid. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could make it. Um, I definitely this game looks like one that I would very much be into. So I'm happy to have you on. But one of the things that we always like to do here is get started with the actual people, not the game specifically. We'll get to it, of course. Don't worry, people. Um, <laughs> but first, we need to know you, Eric. Who are you? How did you get into game creation? And why are you here today? Um, oh, wow. OK, so I'm Eric. Um, I got into game creation. Uh, in a pretty roundabout way. I mean, I've always loved games growing up. I uh, had a SNES since uh, like I was six years old uh, and had nice. a, I've been a Nintendo fanboy. Uh, I like had a Nintendo, every Nintendo system, uh, you know, to now with the Switch. Um, yeah. Which is okay. just to What's say, your favorite game? Favorite game? Oh, you best. Uh, that is so hard. That's like once my favorite song. Um, I know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. My favorite game, uh, I can say one of my all-time favorite games is definitely uh, A Link to the Past. Uh, it was, yeah, that was a my, good one. My first game, it was like the first time, that's probably what got me hooked on gaming in general, is like that first immersive world. And I knew, like, I still probably know to this day, like the back of my hand, like I knew where every rock was, every uh-huh. four point. Just, I lived in that like dark light world. Um Man, I love that game. It was also like the first game I played with my dad for a while. Like he did uh, like a dungeon, and I do a dungeon. But once once we got to the dark world, he kind of checked out. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's so that's good, how... man. You gotta love those bonding moments. That's what I mean. That's one of the big things about video games: that memorable moment, especially oh, if yeah. you have someone that you're growing up with and getting to experiencing that with it. So I I love it. Definitely. Yeah, that was like, I, I can remember it clearly. So for now, yeah, I'll say that's that's my favorite game. It's okay. got one of those right. great moments. All right. So mm-hmm. that's your favorite game. That's where you got started when it comes to like your love of video games. But how did you get started when it comes to saying, I'm going to create <laughs> these things? This one uh, I, is surprisingly like I, I can rem- I can pinpoint it. Um, so I was in, I went to, I, I come from with an architectural background. Uh, I went to school for architecture. Okay. I, I worked as an architect for uh, know, 10 plus years. Um, so it was on my last or maybe second to last year at school. And I was in studio. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, you basically live in studio as an architecture major. And uh, <laughs> it was a late night. And it was like two in the morning or something. And I was taking a little internet break. And somehow or another, I, st- I-, I stumbled upon, I might have actually been using that website stumble upon. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> I stumbled upon this, uh, this pixel art game, uh, which would come to be known as Iconoclast. And oh, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. right. And uh, it was a demo and I downloaded it and I played it and uh, it was a beautiful pixel art. It was like really like crisp controls, like it was really polished. And I'm sitting there like, how, what is this? 
looked into it and it was like a one man dev studio. And I was like, what? That's an, I can't, it blew my mind that that could be made by one person, like music, like everything. And yeah. uh, I reached out to him uh, and I said, Hey man, uh, how did you get started? I would love, like, I, I'm blown away, super impressed. I would love to know more. And he just pointed me in the direction of, I believe it was a construct at the time he was using. And uh, he just gave me some pointers. And that was the moment where I like looked into it and I, like, I picked up Game Maker Studio. A few months later, uh, I started doing pixel art and uh, it's just kind of all kind of snowballed from there. It just, uh, wow. I just, uh, yeah, Lucid, the iteration of Lucid that is out there now is like, uh, way different than what it started off from. Oh, it I'm was, sure. It was, <laughs> it was like a bunch of little tiny vignettes of whatever coding I had learned. Like I learned how to jump. I learned how to move. Oh, I can shoot things. Oh, collisions. Awesome. And it was, uh, it just kind of built and built and built. And, uh, that was like 10 years ago. I, then I went on a hiatus cause it was, uh, <laughs> destroying, uh, my life in the sense that, uh, it was all I wanted to do. And at that time it was just like not an option. I had to actually right. work. So, uh, I took a hiatus and came back to it eventually in about a year and a half, a little, a little more than that. We're, we're here now. Wow. All right. So would you say that, um, you know, you worked on it a good amount that, uh, first half before the hiatus, right. Mm -hmm. But that was more of you kind of like tinkering with ideas coming to, to fruition of like, uh, learning those pieces you know the elements that create the game but 100%. this last year and a half or so is really you taking that knowledge and running with it after you had more of a you know you're in more of a headspace and had that time to really yeah, create it i think that'd be fair i um i got to a point before the hiatus where i had like this very solid vision of what i wanted it to be and it was very much more a traditional Metroidvania. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, like more by the books, uh, you know, Metroidvania. And yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was great. I loved it. The, I was very proud of it. And, um, but then uh, when I did come back, uh, we were, I was out walking uh, the dog with my fiance. And she just kind of said, uh, like, whatever happened to that, that thing you were making uh, lucid and I was like oh and i put it on break she's like well you were really happy i was like kind of down in the dumps because i was not super happy with the architectural career and right. uh she's like I, you were very happy when you were making that and i it was my favorite thing you were making like i you should pick it up again i'm like you know what i've been tossing around the idea of doing learning unity so i said yeah i'll, I'll just I'll try to try to, you know, re yeah, uh, bring it back through Unity. So I learned uh, Unity as I was uh, updating Lucid. So it was uh, I was redoing animations. I had gotten, I think, pretty much better at pixel art over the time because I didn't stop doing pixel art. I kept doing like little animations throughout the hiatus. But uh, right. So I redid all the art, uh, redid the music, a new engine, new this, that and the other thing. And at this time I had just finished Hades and Hades was the first time I, in a long time, like I got into a video video game, not yeah, like yeah. a, uh, for lack of a better term, like a cinematic experience video game, like a God of War or an Uncharted. Right. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. It felt good to be like, oh man, this is a video game. And uh, <laughs> it really made an imprint and it made me rethink a lot of what Lucid 
could be, what it was, what I enjoyed about games. And uh, there was a massive overhaul to the systems and gameplay loop. And uh, uh, yeah, it... Uh, yeah. It sounds like you... It really made a big impact and you kind of overhauled the entire project because of just being in a different place, different time, right? Like you took that much. that large break and were able to kind of realize more of what you wanted out of the game in a different sense, which I think is interesting because I was, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the game in a, in a second, but one of my questions was going to be around that, like it kind of being not your typical Metroidvania, even though it is tagged as that. Yes. Um, but, but we can we can get there in a second. What I first want to touch on, though, is, you know, there's a long stream of time here and uh, a lot of people will get into this rut of I, I don't know that ruts the right word, but there is a part time versus full time uh, conundrum when it comes mm. to game creation, because a lot of people need funding and sometimes yep. they don't have it or have a means to it while they're working on it. Is this something that you've been doing, you know? on the side like as a passion project for just whenever you're off the clock or did you end up leaving that architect's job well it's uh yes for the majority for most of the this time it has been a side project it's been uh, after hours it's been uh all consuming every free moment um i had just recently however uh like the day before the steam page dropped and the teaser pit, uh, trailer dropped it was my last day at my office job. I had put my okay. two weeks in, and I'm now officially going full-time indie dev. Um, wow. How does it feel? I mean, it, so I'm sure exciting, but also, like, are there, you know, nerves of of <sighs> you're walking away from the, the more stable position there, right? Of course. Oh, definitely. It is uh, not it, – seeing the numbers just go down is <laughs> horrifying. <Yeah. laughs> but – um. It was just, it, I, I'm told it, there's like a visible like aura shift and like a way less, uh, you know, not depressed or just not sad, like way more energy and positivity yeah. um, in my mental health for sure. It, uh, as much as awesome. I loved, thank you, as much as I love architecture and the design process, the field itself was uh, just, it was oil and water. It was not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it feels, it finally feels like I'm doing what I was like meant to do. It feels like everything I've ever learned was like, it's finally like coming to a head. And it just feels like I'm in, I'm in the zone and I'm very happy. (laughs) Wow. That is, I am very uh, happy for you, first off. Um, I, I think that it's super admirable whenever I hear individuals who are like, I'm stepping away from this stable thing to do something that might be, you know, uh, a, a crazy uh, suggestion to others. Like for me, I don't know that I would have the same mental health change because mine would just be constant panic (laughs) about the fact that I don't have that job, but, and, and granted, I'm sure there is, you know, an element of that, but like, it's, it's great to hear that you are finding more of a purpose in this and finding more of a, a freedom mm-hmm. when it comes to making that choice because like even if right this doesn't work out it sounds like this was the right choice for a specific reason yes 100 um yeah like b- before uh you know i'd wake up and like slowly slur slump out of bed and just be miserable all day mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, and that's no way to live. It's not. Yeah, it's just uh, it's not healthy. And uh, now I wake up earlier. I, I'm working, excited to do what I'm doing, to talk who I'm talking to. Uh, I've met so many people. Like everything about the creating Lucid, I enjoy. Um, and I, I stay up later. It's like I'm working more hours, but I, you're right. I, there's like a purpose, and I drive that was just never there. And uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's 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 a hard uh, topic because this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, a lot of people discussed as of recent, and it comes up every so often, mm -hmm. uh, the idea or the topic of crunch, mm -hmm. and people will uh, yell at uh, a lot of studios because they, you know, there's this force where you have to complete X Y Z, but then there's also the side of like those indie studios or other people who are just like, well, I'm doing that because I want to, though, right, right, and there's mm -hmm. like. I've always had this idea that there's a difference when it comes to crunching down and trying to do more than like what you probably should is like, sometimes that's just crazy inspiration and, and excitement for yes. the thing because you well one, because you know, now, especially you have that fire under you because this is your job. Right. Mm -hmm. But two is because you really like doing it. So why not spend more time doing, you know, like it's the same oh, yeah. concept of like, doing a job and then spending hours doing a hobby, right? Like this is the hobby. So why wouldn't it be potentially combined to create a longer ramp of time? Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I am a no stranger to crunch and it is not, it's just not fair. It's not, I don't think it's right. It's, uh, like, uh, I've worked in architecture offices where the people who are I'm calling sure the shots, yep. They, uh, they, they leave, at a regular time and it's up to you to it just has to get done and I, i'm sitting there and i'm like this isn't my house this isn't my firm this is i don't want to be here right uh, but yeah. yeah it's just a different world when it's it's your it's your thing and it's like it's just an extension of you and uh yeah i don't ever feel like a crunch is a thing i mean it I guess it's a matter of choice. Like, uh, like yes. you said, those indie, uh, not, uh, those indie studios. Um, uh, I, if I ever have a studio of any size, uh, you, uh, no crunch. It would never be something like you are forced to stay. Like, if you have the drive to stay, go, amazing. Like, uh, I have it too. Also, pr uh, practice what you preach. Like, if if you are expecting other people to be there, like you should be there. Uh, yes. Things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, it's it's tough because it's a it's a really slippery slope no matter which side you lean on, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that a lot of people have very valid points on both sides. It's just, it's really tough. I think the main factor is like you can't force someone to do it and right. you can't, it just has to be a, a fair playing field, right? Exactly. Um, that, that being said, um, coming back to, you know, your plight in, in this world and, and creating this game. Um, I just wanted to, to, you know, you, you talked about how with Iconoclast, you found out, wow, this is a one person team. That's amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. Are you staying on that same lane of saying, this is all me, or are there others helping out in this process? I, I considered myself a solo indie dev and I try to maintain that, um, uh, it's just, it's very hard giving any sort of leeway for something so close to me. Uh, but right. that said, I have, um, a few, I've had a few contractors help with some like promo art, 
Um, right. Okay. Uh, same thing with some music. It's a lot of uh, external like contractor work, but uh, it's definitely something that they will be in the credits and uh, uh, called out and and thanks. Great. Very, very many thank yous to them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Even, but the majority of what you're doing when it comes to the game has been more of a a, a one man show. Uh, yes, I would I would say that. I've uh, I I don't want to discredit any of the help that. No, I've of course gotten. not. It's uh, I would not be here without them. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's kind of my the show is uh, the lucid show, and uh, I have some people who are experts in their field that like to help out. Uh, for example, I have a good friend, uh, Aaron, uh, he's a part of the, the discord. He's a mod in the discord, the lucid discord. And, uh, he's a fantastic storyteller and writer and having his like an, a second eye on ideas, like helping expand yeah. ideas and things of that nature, uh, very much help. But, uh, again, at the end of the day, I, I go back to my desk and I, I do, I'm the one putting it all together and yeah, doing the yeah. art and making the story work and yeah, uh, putting, filtering it all together and coding it. And so I still consider uh, the Matt Black Studio as a, a solo indie dev. Okay. All right. Well, that's, uh, I mean, a lot of work. So congrats. <laughs> um, the game, from what I've seen, looks pretty incredible from a, a mostly, you know, one person team with yeah. obviously the help included from other areas. But um, that being said, let's let's actually dive into the game itself now. Let's talk a little bit about Lucid, right? Um, sure. I always like to kick this off with just, let's set the stage. For those who don't know anything about the game, how would you sell it to them, right? What is your oh. elevator pitch? So elevator pitch. Oh, these are so much fun. Um, how do I boil down thousands of hours of work into multiple <laughs> sentences? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> so this is what we have so far. And uh, speaking of, Aaron helped me uh, formulate this. But See, there you go. This, this is what we got. This, here it is. So Lucid is a heartfelt adventure that sees young Owen on a quest to explore a shadow, shattered world and fulfill a solemn promise. Um, like that's, that's the clip. That's the little. Okay. Clip. Okay. All right. Let's, let's dive a little bit deeper, right? Mm. Um, who is this character and kind of what exactly is this, this story or this, you know, what they're trying to do? Maybe a little bit deeper. Obviously mm. you don't want to give too much away, but like, who are we and what are we effectively doing in this world? So we'll be playing as Owen. He's uh, like a, a young boy. Um, he's an aspiring sentinel. And uh, the sentinels are a, um, a, a one of three faiths in the this world. Um, and each faith kind of corresponds to each of the celestial giants, like for lack of a better term, like deities. Um, and they, okay. it's very much uh, is inspired by the, uh, the Link, uh, the Legend of Zelda, um, <laughs> that lore with the the three goddesses um, okay yeah to give you yeah. a, a little bit of a basis um but yeah so this uh, the sentinels um they are a dwindling faction um after the great fall when troika the the serpent uh, he struck alo and they he ended up uh killing the lucid giant um uh, he sh he was shattered and on that day like uh uh, all the sentinels were attacked by another uh the brethren of ash and they were uh, the 
the the serpent's faith, and they did like a mass uh, a mass killing, like a mass uh, attack on many of the sentinels. So they're a dwindling race. Okay. Um, and uh, at some point, um, a young baby Owen was discovered by a his father Hall. Um, he's kind of like a, a Jedi master to Owen's Padawan. Okay. Uh, and uh, so uh, at some point you are given the task to uh, uh, revive the, the lucid giant. So you'll be going around the world collecting lucid crystals, um, essentially like pieces of the, the lucid giant's heart and uh, putting it back together in hopes to resurrect the, the giant and bring back balance to the world. Wow. Sounds like a, a large task for Owen. It's it's a big one. It's a it's a gigantic task. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, before we dive into like mechanics and talk about kind of what you're doing in this game, I did want to just uh, point to one thing that you mentioned in Twitter. Mm. Uh, you had said that you are uh, creating with this lucid game somewhat of a, a mashup of the games that you love and games that you grew mm-hmm. up with right or mm-hmm. or have been inspired by so i wanted to just see exactly kind of from different areas what games are you pulling from great question um i would say uh some of my favorites and the ones i love playing growing up being uh Mega Man x yes. uh, super metroid Legends yes. of Zelda, um, a little bit of um, the uh, Doom tw- 2016 slash Hades. Okay. Um, and with a, a heavy dash of Celeste. Interesting. Okay. I could definitely see a lot of like the Celeste, the Mega Man X, the Metroid. Uh, take me through a little bit more of what you mean by the Doom reference. Yeah, that's uh, it's usually the, the the eyebrow goes up when I say uh-huh. Doom. They're like, uh-huh. what? Why? Um, so, in uh, so far, the game is an overworld Metroidvania. Yes, with a, uh, a handful of dungeons that you can enter, and when you do, they become kind of like these Mega Man X like levels, uh, almost like you've just selected uh, a. a Robot master, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you go in, and all of a sudden now you're went from an open world to a Mega Man X level. Um, but it's not just a Mega Man X level; it's also a Mega Man X level with dashes of a Legend of Zelda dungeon, and also a dash of those uh, Doom slash Hades rooms. So you'll be put in a room that becomes kind of this uh, gauntlet of like waves um, of enemies and. Gotcha. Uh, environmental hazards and you need to maneuver around and position yourself and like take out these hordes of enemies uh, in a very quick and nimble fashion uh you know rotating through your multiple crystal arts basically your weapons Mm -hmm. um, on Mm -hmm. the fly and know what these enemies are their patterns what they're weak to uh um and uh that's where the the doom hades kind of you're locked right. you're locked in here with me kind of situation yeah yeah okay no that makes sense i like it um i i love a lot of what you're pulling from most of those games are you know my top favorites uh <laughs> i i do want to talk about the combat because i think that you know platforming the combat that seems like a big focus when it comes to this game obviously big time. um when 
you're showing these videos out or you're looking through the steam page the character has a number of different forms of combat there's like shooting there's this like hammer a sword you're able to dash and things like that like mm-hmm. i i believe you and you mentioned that crystal arts i believe those are yes. all of the weapons that i'm uh, referencing to can you give us a little bit of explanation on like what those are uh you know how you're using those in the game is this something like Mega Man X where you don't have those and then you go to an area, defeat a, an enemy or a boss and then get that type of thing. Like, what does that look like? Very much so. Um, so the crystal arts are, you're like on point. You're pretty, you pretty much have it. Um, nice. So these crystal arts are kind of, uh, they're, uh, there will be five and each okay. one, um, a little bit of, of lore behind it is the sentinels all kind of like uh, one sentinel usually focuses on one type of like weapon mastery. However, gotcha. the unique thing about Owen is he's, he can do all five. So uh, these these crystal arts he ends up learning, um, they kind of act like the treasure, like the big treasure in a, a Legend of Zelda dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also like Mega Man X weapons in that um, each one has like a rock, paper, scissor sort of dynamic to the boss gotcha. and dungeon you're in. And not definitely not in the do triple damage, and that's it. It's more uh, it'll put you in advantageous um, positioning or get you out of uh, attack patterns more easily, or just uh, put your hitbox in a like a better angle to hit the enemy kind of situation. Right. So it's much more uh, a little bit more dynamic, I believe, in that sense. Okay. Um, yeah. So they I. I had a, a shower thought. It's um, something in the Discord that uh, it's become kind of like a little joke about me. I have all my ideas in the shower. And okay. uh, I was playing Mario Odyssey, and I had just recently played uh, that Spider-Man game, and it just clicked in my head that like combat and movement have to be equally as fun. Yeah. So I, I just I smashed them together. Every crystal art, uh, it expands mobility and enhances combat. Um, so each... Each one uh, picks like a cardinal direction for the, the most part, and it expands your mobility in that way. So the spear okay. is up down, uh, the sword is left right, the axe is kind of more of like a a whole circular hitbox with like a little bit of a lift, kind of like Herbie's hammer attack, mm-hmm. and like Herbie mm-hmm. Superstar. Yeah. Um, so everything it it'll expand your movement and also uh, give you more options when you're fighting. Cool. Is this something where, you know, uh, based on it being similar to like a Mega Man X style, I feel like the answer might be no, but are these weapons that are, you know, say like RPG style upgradable or they're able to level up or using them more often will result in XYZ results? I have, I have not revealed it, but I will let Ooh. you know. Yes. Yes. There, the, there oh. are plans for uh, upgradable trees. Oh, very cool. All so there's right. There's light RPG mechanics in Lucid. Nice. Okay. Interesting. All right. And and just to to pull back because, you know, you mentioned that there are the five different things. You seem to be getting them as kind of that Zelda style, like the big treasure chest. You learn mm-hmm, that stuff, mm-hmm. that crystal art while you're in that that dungeon or whatever world that you're in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's your base mechanic then? Base mechanics would be um so base mechanics would be dashing um pulsing basically your lemons your little shooty pellets 
Okay, um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then you get one of the crystal arts like very early on. It's um, it's like uh, like in the prologue, like tutorial kind of level. Okay, you'll have one. So uh, the sword is essentially a base. Uh, okay, so yeah, very much your your starter. Because I was so one of my questions that that I would talked about earlier before was the idea of this being initially kind of a, a metroidvania and you still have elements of that but you're also doing this choose your own adventure style when it comes yes. to where you go yeah and so i i just kind of wanted to talk about what, like some of the the issues or the concerns or just the ideas that went through your head and went through the development process of this because going through something like that if you're trying to keep a metroidvania world you usually have the idea of you unlock this weapon so now you can break down this wall or you unlock mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. whatever so you can double jump to an area. Is there still that same kind of concept in it or has it gone yes. more the way of... Okay, so can you walk me through a little bit of that, like maybe an example or so? Totally. Um, so um, an aspect of the mobility that we haven't um, touched on yet are there's these... Um, for people who haven't seen it, but I, I know you have, there's these, uh, for I call them lucid lanterns, like these Celeste nodes, those little nodes where if you hit them, you uh, replenish your, um, your a jump or a, mm -hmm. another usage. Mm -hmm. um, so every crystal art, if you hit, if you like slash into one, you can then do another slash. So essentially you can chain um, your your crystal arts into each other as long as you're hitting these nodes and you basically connect the dots and you can move vast distances right. um that said there are a few walls that can only be uh they're uh, essentially locked doors like you can't you can slash through a certain wall they're called that like dash through walls mm -hmm. um you can't get through them without a certain uh crystal art or even some walls uh can only be broken with the the crystal axe like uh, they're big and chunky and you can only break them with the big strong axe mm -hmm. so there are still locking keys that restrict where you can go okay but like any good metroidvania there are sequence breaking there is uh like speed routes um yeah of that okay nature. Uh, Very good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. That was actually going to be one of my next questions. Is I I wanted to know. Um, I love hearing that developers have speed running already in mind. Yes. Um, because one, it's just I I love watching people break games. It's so satisfying so to watch. Game, uh, games done quick. I got addicted to that. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. I love when Games Done Quick shows up. Uh, one, because it's for such a great cause, but two, because oh, yeah. it's just you get to see so many cool speed runs and things that you never thought would be possible. But that mm -hmm. being said, it it sounds like you have that speed running in mind. Are you doing anything specific uh, to try and enhance that? Or, or do you have, like you said, that you have a Discord community? Are there people who are interested in that already? Like, what does that look like for you? What are you planning when it comes to the idea of speed running? It's um it's funny you say that actually the the speedrunning aspect of the the game hasn't been one explored publicly all too much. Um, okay. But to your question, uh, I have put a few incentives to uh, incentivize the player to try to go fast, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a little carrot at the at the end of the stick. Um, for example, in the dungeons. Right now, uh, I'm working on a system where 
if you can uh, essentially do a room perfectly, whatever that is, it's a right now it is connected, getting every lucid lantern node like under a certain amount of time and right. without hitting the ground, you'll get a, a buff in a, at the end of said room. And as you can keep doing it, you'll keep getting a, a longer and longer buff. And if you mm-hmm. can, you can essentially get to the boss with said buff. So uh, oh, okay. if you're if you're very nimble and quick, and you you know the route, and you've you know you, you're a speed runner, you can then tank the boss with a, a, a huge power buff and uh, just melt you know health bars. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I I love to hear it. Um, going to just talk about like more when it comes to these crystal arts, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned things like uh, in the Steam page, specific challenges to master those arts. Now, are there going to be designed like, uh, you know, little tiny objectives with them? So I'm thinking more of like, you know, especially when it comes to that potential leveling or the RPG side, mm-hmm. are there things where it's, you know, like ability to hit three or plus enemies with the same weapon or, you know, kill certain enemies with a weapon uh, chained or combos like that. Is that kind of where you're going with mastering the, the, that specific crystal arts? Or are you more talking about, you know, being able to use the right one for the right boss and, and get through easier? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. Um, master the art is definitely, um, there will be kind of like uh, epilogue, I love when games have you revisiting areas and there's like an epilogue story to like, just because you left the place doesn't mean like everything's done. Like you go back and there's uh, more to do. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and it's also a place to really, uh, there is like the, the extra hard, extra challenging um, gauntlet or course, whatever that side quest may be that highlights the use of the crystal art you got. And uh, in that sense, uh, you are mastering that crystal art by maneuvering and combating and uh, getting whatever the quest is asking you to get or whatever reward that may be. Uh, And then on the other side, it's also mastering by uh, there is a component in the game where with you get like little shards, kind of like souls and dark souls Mm -hmm. um, and also an upgrade item where as of now, the idea is you need upgrade item and a certain amount of shards, and you can take it to uh, a person and or shrine uh, to then upgrade it to your choice of what do you want, what uh, permutation or like modularity do you want on your crystal art, and you can choose one of two. So everyone wow. will have a branch of uh, A or B. Yeah, yeah, okay. So everyone's cool. Owen will be their own little Owen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I like the idea of it. Uh, we just talked uh, right before this about speed running, and obviously that's not going to be your average time when you're thinking of like completion, mm-hmm. right? But what is the average time that you expect uh, a player to be in this world? Oh man, um, that's so hard to say at this point. Um, I would love, I would love any. Uh, a, oh, there's my little pup. Um, <laughs> I would say that a person will be playing Lucid for about the same amount of time they played uh, uh, Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight's a pretty good frame of reference. All right. Interesting. Are you going to also have the idea of like 
additional, you know, bosses in certain areas, kind of that same Hollow Knight feel. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Depending nice. on how successful uh, a future Kickstarter will be. Um, but yes, there's already ideas of who can be a boss, who should be a boss, um, where they go, things. Yeah, definitely, definitely on the mind. Interesting. I love to hear it. Now, uh, my next question, which funny enough is about kind of like when we can expect this is interesting based on your mention of just a possible Kickstarter, right? Mm. Uh, let's talk a little bit because I see on Steam, it says just a generic coming soon, mm-hmm, which I, mm-hmm. I doubt is probably the case of like soon, soon when I think of soon, yeah. <laughs> but but it, you know, what are your plans? Kind of obviously, you're not going to give a date because that would be crazy. But like, <laughs> how's development going? Where do you feel? You know, your your process is at. Are we like, is this something we can see within the years? Is something might be a few years from now? Like, what are you trying to to push for? Definitely, I've um, I've been pretty open with the like this year's roadmap on a few uh, social medias. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, it's. Full steam ahead on creating a demo. Um, okay. I was just before our call, I was doing some debugging and working on it. And uh, so it's a demo will proceed a Kickstarter by a, a few weeks, maybe uh, to be determined. But okay. the Kickstarter itself, we're aiming for um, a early third quarter uh, around there. Okay. Uh, that's, what, yeah. that's what I would like to hit. Um, that's when you can expect to have uh, a some a vertical slice of the game, uh, a little demo, um, and then a Kickstarter following suit. And then from there, depending on how successful the Kickstarter right, may be, right, of course, um, we'll de- uh, determine how much more content we will see in the game, uh, mm-hmm. which will then, of course, d- dictate how much longer it'll take. But. Okay. Uh, uh, a conservative guess is probably I originally had uh, 2024. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, it, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe with a really successful Kickstarter, uh, I can get a little some programming help, a little more uh, art asset help, and expedite things. You never know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is that is very exciting. I definitely wish you all the best when it comes to your Kickstarter and your your future uh, release oh, entirely. Thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to uh, see what comes out of the studio. Uh, but that being said, let's wrap this up with my final question that I ask everyone. Hmm. And that's just some general advice for those in the indie space. Now, I talked about this before we uh, officially started recording, but let's use it as a uh, a chance for you to say, if you had just like just started on this project let's let's even say you know like the the 10 years ago or however before the hiatus right what would you have told yourself knowing what you know now um i would have told myself uh i would have told myself don't give up uh keep going uh and you can do it okay just uh that would be the very very simple short answer i would give myself (laughs) i love it uh, i mean there's there's a lot of truth in that even though it seems very obvious and like there's there's a number of people who have come on here and they'll sometimes be like uh and give an answer that feels like it's like yeah that's easy to say but it's very true like you really do have to give yourself 
that uh, that space to to kind of breathe, but also you have to be able to push because like doing something like this is not easy. Indie development, especially if you're a solo individual or even if you have a, a few select people on your team, mm-hmm. it's not easy to do all of the things that are in here. Right? There's a lot of hats you got to wear. Yeah, there's even a lot outside of, hats. of the devving process. Exactly, and that's like even if you your dream is to create a, a game, like that's only a slice of the mm-hmm. work you have to do to then make it successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because um, you then have to market it. You then have to yes. you know deal with legal things. You then have to deal with where is it going to actually land. It's not just like I created a video game and I'm done. I'm successful. Like that's yes. just not how it works. And even no. that part is very hard as it is. So sometimes it is just reassuring yourself. Don't give up. You can do this. Yeah, that that's because uh, the idea floated through my head of like. I needed that time for sure. Like it, it, Lucid would be so different if I hadn't stopped. Right. Like I wouldn't have had that reprocessing time and rethink, re- rejigging the, uh, uh, the mechanics and all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard to say don't, don't stop in the sense of like, you know, keep going, grind, grind, grind. It's uh, be persistent, you know, take, take your time. I guess maybe that's more accurate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. give up, take your time. You can do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you, yeah, you took, right, there was that hiatus, you stopped, but it's not that you stopped forever. You ended up coming back with a new mindset with, you Mm -hmm. know, more rested eyes to design the game in potentially a much better way that will result in a more successful game. I I like to think so, and I like to hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so as well. For those listening, Lucid is currently in development, so if any of it sounded interesting, you got to go head over to their Steam page, make sure you wishlist the game, and also, depending on when you're listening to this, there might be a Kickstarter live. Of course, uh, us at IndiePod will end up retweeting it and and letting people know, but if you're listening to this, go check it out and, you know, just... uh, back the game if you're interested because it sounds like a cool one thank you so much for having me and thanks uh to the entire lucid community couldn't be here without you you guys are fantastic much love mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement whether mom's into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.